0: Welcome to the Improviding Life podcast, where we explore how life can be more livable. This is Lloyd Crawford, your host. Today, we're going to be exploring part three in our six part Tools of Improviding series. And the third tool is A to C. Woo, we are on episode five already. Thank you for everyone who has been listening through all the episodes, and thank you for joining if this is your first time. So today we're going to be exploring the tool of A to C. So for anyone who's ever been at an improv show, you know, we usually are on stage and we ask for a suggestion from the audience. So let's say I yell out, what's your favorite vacation destination? And someone might yell out, a cruise ship. You know, and while that's a great suggestion... People probably didn't pay $5, 10 $15 to see something so literal where we go out and I'm like, well, I'm on a cruise ship. You know, that doesn't really leave much room for wonder, creativity, or play. So the tool A to C is something that gives us this ability to dream. And it's this premise of this idea that the first thing that comes up may not be the best thing that comes up. It may not be the only option of what to explore. So on that instance of being on stage, someone might get a cruise ship, but an improviser might be thinking, okay, cruise, booze, AA meeting, my great aunt Cheryl, right? So they might go out and start acting like their great aunt Cheryl. Granted, the audience may not know what's happening at, at the beginning, but that's the whole point, right? There's room for mystery. There's room for characters to be developed. And so what they did was A to C or let their mind free associate and word jump around of What does each word that comes up for them make them think of? So what might end up happening, depending on the improviser style, is we get to the end of the the skit or the show. And all of a sudden, we find out that everyone's been looking for great aunt Cheryl because she's been missing because she went on a cruise ship and forgot to leave. Right. So she's just been living on this cruise ship for years and no one knew that. That is a more entertaining, a wittier, a more creative space to play than if we just went right out and said, hi, I'm Korean Aunt Cheryl and I'm on a cruise ship. You know, like the, it allows there to be more relationship happening. And so what this looks like when you're not on a stage, so when we're applying improv, is this idea if we get to fidget with the filters of what may be. So the past few episodes, we've been talking about how oftentimes, you know, we've been really taught to and expected to. Be very reactive, have set ways that we always respond to things, and sometimes they don't feel so great. And when we're thinking of how to have more access to choice, how life can be more livable, getting to the A, right, like so even just being able to maybe yes something, maybe then we're able to yes and, you know, having a first place to start is great. But sometimes it can feel like we're further stuck in a moment or a situation. If A is all we can access, and that can make it feel even harder for shift to happen, for us to be able to see ourselves as human and that being okay, and so there's this this premise or this question behind the tool of A to C of, can we let our minds know that things don't always have to make logical sense, right? That one improviser in that story, you know, their first thought was, cruise, booze, AA and then their aunt. Someone else's thoughts might have been cruise, water slide, or you can eat buffet, and then they went with all you can eat buffet, right? They went to their third thing and then they felt like that's what I want to act on. Both of those are equally valid. They both were exploring things. And while that may not have been like a logical order where it's very predictable, it doesn't have to be. And so when we're thinking about applying A to C to our own lives and, you know, feeling our emotions and being in this place of really allowing our humanity to exist, there can be an embodied sense that's valid to, you know, to let come up. So it doesn't make a logical sense. There can be something that our bodies are telling us or that our bodies know is true. And can that be valid and something that we go with and explore in A to C those feelings? simply because they're coming up for us. So what that might look like is, we might notice first, hmm, okay, A, the first thing I'm noticing is that my stomach is a little unsettled. Okay, we could just stay there, that might be a a great and only needed step of just noting that we're having some discomfort. But let's say an hour goes by and we're still feeling that dis-ease. What else is possible? Oh, we might start to think, hmm, what did I last eat? Okay, I had some takeout. Oh, there could have been something wrong with the takeout. And then we were like, well, no, we ate at the same thing as someone else and they feel fine. Might realize, oh, you know what? I just realized I took my medication before I ate, so it was on an empty stomach. Maybe that's what's impacting me, right? So in that case, we went from A to C. We allowed our mind... And our bodies sort of have this conversation of going down different avenues to see what else could be more of an underlying situation. So then, when we realize that, we're able to say, "Oh, this this happened one other time," and I realized that, um, you know, perhaps taking a shower or drinking an extra glass of water, you know, some physical practice helped us settle that stomach, helped us manage the disease. From that medication being taken on an empty stomach helped us at least have a a little bit of a way to let go of some stress. So, in that process of allowing the B, C, D, E, you know, it's not saying you only have to go to three steps from A to C, that's just the name of the tool. You can go to however many places, you know, you want to map out or sort of explore. They're almost like slides, you know, that go around different corners. But the B, C, D, et cetera, like letting your mind go to those different associations, those all become other responses, other relationships, other contextual layers that we get to explore. That in itself opens up to that access to choice, whereas if we were only able to access A, that noticing that our stomach is upset, that could also then leave us feeling like we can only have an upset stomach for the rest of the day. And that might be a totally valid place that that you want to be in is just allowing that that symptom, so to speak, that discomfort to exist. But if there's other things you would like to be doing, or perhaps, you know, you don't have the time or the space if you're at work or driving somewhere to really be in that moment, those B, C, D, E, you know, all of those other relationships that come up of what might be happening, what supports might be helpful, what else can you consider? those might provide something that may actually be a better option to take or something that's a, the more accessible option to take. And so if you're ever wondering how can I get access to choice, what if a choice can be an A to C away, right? What if that can just be something where you're sort of going down that mind map, you're free associating, you're letting the very first word or idea or feeling that comes up come up and it's almost like skipping rocks in the water, right? They're just going to be splashing onto the next ones. That in itself can lead to somewhere that wouldn't have been accessible right before that. Mom, 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 mom. The time is the early 2000s. Everyone's wearing questionably large belts with 15-layered tank tops. And there in a house outside of Baltimore, Maryland, is little Lori and she is quite the chef in her own mind. She often helps in the kitchen, she can cook full meals, even though she's about 10, maybe 11, but she's doing it and she's allowed to cook, right? She's earned that trust. One day, she's like, you know what? I'm gonna make some ramen noodles, I got this. This That's what microwaves are for. So she puts the ramen noodles in the microwave, She goes into her parents' bedroom where the household computer is. Mom's in there watching TV. Sister's in there actually on the computer talking to her out-of-state boyfriend on AOL Instant Messenger. Oh, scandalous. And then all of a sudden, everyone's smelling smoke. Waaah! That's the sound of my mom, who, bless her heart, is not necessarily the most comfortable person with the unexpected. So we open the door. Smoke is filling the whole house. Where's the fire? Where's the fire? And so we're looking and realize that it's actually the microwave smoking. That's odd. It's a new microwave. Why would it be smoking? The cat's running around like crazy. She can't breathe. We're all trying to open up windows, open up the door, but get the cat and the cat carrier. So the door, you know, she's run out the door. So much mayhem is happening. I go up and I'm like, I'm the brave one, I can do it. And I open, I unplug the microwave, I open the door and realize, oh, I forgot to put water in the bowl. So I had just dry ass ramen noodles in a plastic bowl in the microwave for four minutes. Not only did the bowl melt to the microwave tray, but the noodles were on fire. <laughs> the house was full of smoke. And in that moment, without realizing it, and without me knowing, because I didn't know what the fucking improv was yet, my mom was practicing A to C. And I want to give her a lot of credit for this because at the time I, I wasn't able to see this, but her first reaction was to yell, what did you do? Very human, very normal, great. But then realizing yelling isn't what's going to help right now so her her B became oh we got to fix it we got to do something right there goes in opening the windows trying to get some circulation and also realizing that's not going to be good enough you know and for context my mom has severe asthma so we couldn't stay in the house the smoke was unsafe so then C became well we have to leave the house for safety so where can we go you know we're on a limited budget this was not planned So we go to McDonald's and we each get a McFlurry. So baby Lori at this time is thinking in the back of her mind, shit, all I got to do is get the household smoking. I can go get a McFlurry. Hey, oh, keep that in mind, right? (laughs) And then after an hour or two, meanwhile, the cat (laughs) is in the carrier in the car. We are the one who's done, you know, we ended up eating it in the car with her. But, you know, the whole household who was home at the time is in this car eating McFlurries. And then when we get home, my mom is able to have a conversation with me, and we make some new rules. The microwave can only be used for things where water doesn't need to be added. It can only be used when someone else is home and I can tell them what I'm making, just to make sure someone's coming behind me and double-checking. And just in case, I won't be cooking on the oven for a few months, you know, unless I'm supervised, just to practice, Right. Because those little things that was just a moment of forgetfulness of thinking I'd put water in really could have actually burned down our entire house. And so what ended up being possible in that moment was this idea of power sharing and control. Instead of only having a very rigid, militant reaction of only yelling and then we all stay in the house and have smoke damage in our lungs and all these things, you know. My mom was able to model flexibility, something that, to be honest, in our household we really hadn't given her much credit of being able to do yet she was there she was in her full humanness and looking back i can now see that and have a much deeper appreciation because being able to still have room for connection in our relationship on that day happened because she was able to seeing her way through what was a potentially really dangerous situation and each of those different processes she tried of how to how do i respond and protect my family and and take care of our well-being was offering choices to be explored. And the way that that day went, the fact that when we came back home we were able to talk, it wasn't just people yelling and like we set new rules for me to be a more <laughs> observant and coachable chef meant that suddenly We were able to still have a relationship, but also that I was able to see that, oh, I don't need to set another accidental fire to get ice cream, right? You know, like that initial thought of, oh crap, I'm getting treated, in itself was resolved. I was able to see, no, that was literally the best way for us all to have our physical need of being safe and out of the house met. While also offering my mom a space to decompress, while offering us anything other than just still being freaked out, right? You know, we were able to have a slight moment of normalcy, a family connection amidst something that could have been really tragic. Mama, 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 whoa! It's 2021 again. I'm wearing pajamas, and it's 11. Oh, it's 11:47 a.m. That's my birth time. We're going to have a birth time party together. I do this every day when I see my birth time. We're having a birth time party. Everybody's having a birth time party. Welcome to my birth time party. Oh, oh, oh. Quite literally, I do that every day when I see 11.47 a.m. And my dear sweet husband and all the pups, they all join in. So <laughs> thank you for joining my birth time party. <laughs> but when we were just back in the early 2000s exploring that, that moment... It's really feels relevant now as I'm like, you know, approaching this this journey of motherhood and expecting our first daughter in a few months of all of the ways that it wasn't until I was an adult that I could see how there were these little glimmers of these tools being practiced. Right. And I just get this curiosity of if the adults in my life knew that they had access to these tools or that they were modeling them. And if it was able to be called out and and sort of celebrated, would that have felt like a muscle that could have been flexed more? And how could that have made life more livable for them? So I just want to acknowledge that, too, is that sometimes, especially, you know, being in this role where everyone is at one point a child and then becomes an adult. And there's these moments, whether we are able to admit it or not, whether we even feel like it needs to be admitted that a lot of the judgments we passed, well, some are fully warranted because, you know, accountability does need to happen. And especially as adults, we often are told like, oh, we're always right because we're older, right? I'm not doing that kind of bypassing here. I'm, I'm trying not to, but correct me if I am. Um. But in those other moments, where we're able to see and look back and see our parents as humans. They weren't just a parent, right? They had this whole life before us. They have a life after we're in their homes. When we're able to be in that space, suddenly we're able to see, oh, they handled things a certain way. And I, I just wonder if that gives us permission to look at our own practices and see, oh, I really was doing my best in that moment. Yes, I might have lost my um, my cool, so to speak. I raised my voice. I didn't really hear what someone was saying until afterwards and then I realized it I feel like I want to apologize so I go ahead and try to apologize all of these little things um, again they seem little but how does that suddenly make life more livable because we're able to get back to the relationship of things get back to the idea of being human means that we're not robotic we're not programmed to get everything right and getting everything right like, doesn't even have to be the goal. It can be like, can I understand that I'm going to be wrong sometimes, or that there's going to be times where I really don't know what to do? You know, like, can I ask someone else, like, hey, you know, and my, you don't have to use the language of A to C it, but hey, I was thinking this or this might be the best option. Do you have one to contribute? Can we have a conversation about it? Suddenly, we're, again, shifting all the responsibility and pressure off of just ourselves and having that more communal approach. So when I'm thinking about the real like essence or like fiber, so to speak, of A to C as a tool, it is that practice of knowing that a lot of our first reactions were gifted to us in a way. It doesn't matter if it was a gift we wanted, right? <laughs> they were modeled to us, expected of us to continue them. And what if we have a different way of sort of wrapping that gift, a different way of exploring it, having a different use for it? You know, like a paperclip doesn't have to just be to bind papers. I've used paper clips as hair clips. <laughs> I've used paper clips as the back of earrings. You know, like I've done different things with what I had, right? It's that idea of flexibility, but it's, it's a bit further than flexibility. It's really this reminder that there doesn't have to be one like ultimate purpose for something, one ultimate user expression of something, that life has so many different moments to relate to and experience, and we're all doing the very best we can with what we have. So my hope and my intention is that each of these tools we're exploring and setting down this really like foundational playground to play with offers you a sense of having a different tool available. And again, it's not about memorizing each tool. You don't even have to remember the names. But if just one of the examples or the feeling of how to use it becomes available in a moment when you need it, can that be enough? Can that be something that helps you embrace that human happens and actually feel like it's all right that it does? Thank you for tuning in to episode five where we explored Tool number three, A to C. Our next episode will be tool number four. I think three and four are still numbers next to each other. Numbers and counting are not one of my favorite parts of humaning. <laughs> but we're going to be exploring a tool that I call ID the ship. Until next time, I wish you many fun adventures practicing your A to Cing. And if you'd like to connect, you can reach out and email at improviding101 at gmail.com or visit me on Instagram at And Remember, have a razzle-dazzle day. And if that's not accessible, you can slap an F on front and have a razzle-dazzle day. Remember to water your ramen.